Merry Christmas. We are so excited to be here this morning as an entire church family. We closed down the nursery and we closed Grace Kids this morning so our children could celebrate with us here in the special service. So at this time, I'd like to invite all the children up on the stage with me as we do a special reading of Luke 2. And I have a couple gifts to hand out too. So anybody that wants to come up here, come on up. Yeah, squeeze in tight. This is a big group. Huh. Are you guys excited for Christmas? Yeah, I thought so. I know. It's Christmas Eve already. Can you imagine that? How many of you know the story of Jesus Christ's birth in Luke 2? Many of you, right? Now, do you guys have a special part? Like, do you have a special memory of that story that you really, really enjoy this part of it? Does anybody have a special special part of it. For me, it's the angels. I really enjoy the Christmas story when the angels show up. Because all through Scripture, when you read the Bible, the angels only show up for really important things, right? They only show up and speak to people in really important events. Well, Jesus' birth was the biggest event of all time, right? So the angel showed up to Mary and informed Mary that she was going to be the mother of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And then the angel showed up again when Joseph was getting a little nervous about that and he was thinking about separating from Mary. The angel showed up to calm Joseph, right? And then in the story that we're going to read in Luke 2 this morning, the angel showed up to announce for the first time that Jesus Christ had been born. Does anybody know who the angel showed up to? Does anybody remember? No? After Mary and Joseph, they were tending their flock In the field, who was it? The shepherds, that's right. I knew you would know that. All right, so we're going to read from Luke chapter 2 this morning. All right? At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, a census is like you have to go back to your hometown, and you take a head count, like you guys do at school, homeroom, right? And you had to pay taxes to the government. Nobody likes to do that, pay taxes. You know, in first service, we had a first grader that had a job, and she paid taxes already. Does anybody have a job in here? Yeah, it's crazy. You have one. All right, she has it two for two. Good. All right, so all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiance, who was now, bless you, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them and said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all the people. 
the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, just as they were told. And there was the baby, baby Jesus, lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, because it was just as the angel had told them. Now, an important part of this story is obviously the angel showing up. The most important part is that Jesus was born and he came to die for our sins. But another really important part is what the shepherds did afterwards. The shepherds just didn't go and see baby Jesus and go home and didn't tell anybody, right? They witnessed the birth of Jesus Christ, and then they told everybody they came across. They told all the people about it, and the people were astonished. Okay? So here's my challenge to you. Some of you guys are going to be traveling for Christmas and New Year's. You're going to be going to dinners and family. You're going to be going back to school pretty soon. I know, that's unfortunate. But you're going to see people everywhere you go. So I want you to think about the shepherds. Wherever you go, I want you to tell people about Jesus, about the birth of Jesus Christ, and why we actually celebrate Christmas, okay? And I'm going to ask you when we come back to Grace Kids if you did that, okay? All right, can you guys do that? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got two gifts for you here, okay? So before you go back to your mom and dad, I actually have three gifts, but I'm not allowed to give the third gift until after service because <laughs> it makes noise, Okay. So you'll see me in the lobby for the third gift. But I have lollipops and I have an ornament. So make sure you grab one of each. Okay? And then you guys can go back to your families in the pews. Is it okay if I get one from my Well, let's see if we have enough. Okay? And then you can see me after service. Make sure everybody has one. I'm going to hold I'm gonna hold the lollipops up here. Yeah, someone dropped the candle. Okay, once you have one of each, once you have an ornament and a lollipop, go ahead back to your seat. And you guys can eat your lollipops during service. That's allowed. Okay. Okay. Okay, you're welcome. All right, as the kids are transitioning and going back to 
return to their parents. We're going to transition back into some more worship music. So if you would, if you're able, please stand with us and join us in worship.
and worship. You may be seated. service we're having together this morning. It's great to see a full house in both services and a full stage full of kids, both services. I am a little concerned, to be honest, we've got some kids working, paying taxes. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Uh, I love the worship team leading us in music. It's just been an incredible morning, and I'm so thankful that we're able to spend it together this morning. You know, I, I, I love the Christmas Eve candlelight service, and I know things are a little bit different. You know, it's in the morning, and, you know, we have these battery-operated candles. But at the end of our service, we're going to sing that same song that we sing every year. We're going to sing Silent Night to the glow of, of candles in the room, and I think we're going to have an incredible morning together. Silent Night's one of those special songs, not only because it's, it's a beautiful song, it's a beautiful melody, but it's special because the first three verses of that song really shine the lights brightly on the birth of Jesus. And it tells the story in that song about uh, the angels with the glorious message of the birth of Jesus, and they gave that message to the shepherds. And of course, that one verse, I think it's the third verse, talks about the miracle prophecy star that appeared and grabbed the attention of the wise men in a distant land. It's a beautiful song with an incredible message. But it's the fourth verse of that song that I think we need to spend a little bit of time just listening to very carefully because the fourth verse of Silent Night tells us why all of this matters. I mean, it's awesome that we can get up on a Sunday morning and, and we get to enjoy this beautiful setting and we'll light some candles with a battery-operated candle. We'll sing some beautiful songs. And, and I hope you have a wonderful, incredible celebration with your family why are we doing all of these things? The fourth verse of Silent Night tells us why we do these things and why it all matters. Listen, it says, Silent Night, Holy Night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, but here's the key, with the dawn of redeeming grace. With the dawn of redeeming grace. The birth of Jesus matters because of our desperate need for redeeming grace. I don't know what gifts you have waiting for you that are unwrapped, just waiting for you at home or however you're gonna celebrate, but I do know this. I can guarantee there is no greater, no more valuable gift than the gift of God's redeeming grace. There's this passage in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that just reminds us of how important this gift of God's redeeming grace really is. It says there in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it's by grace that we're saved. Saved from what? Saved from our sins. Saved from the penalty that our sin deserves. We are saved by grace through faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus. And this, this gift, this salvation, it's not from ourselves. It is the gift of God. God's redeeming grace. It's, it's not something that we earn. It's not something that we deserve. You and I will never stand before God, never, and claim that we have earned our way to heaven or that we deserve to be in his presence. It is only God's gift of redeeming grace that we receive by faith in Jesus. You know, I, 
I know we're all full of Christmas cheer and we're excited about today and tomorrow we're all on our best behavior. But I think about redeeming grace, it just reminds me of how desperately you and I need it. You ever, you ever really, really like messed up royally? I mean, you don't have to tell the story to your friends next to you there, but you ever really beefed it and, and you just think to yourself, man, I, what I said, what I did, how, how in the world will I ever redeem myself? from what I did? How will I ever redeem myself from what I said? Will I ever experience forgiveness? Will I ever experience the freedom from from the guilt and shame of this? Will I ever experience a restoration in in a relationship that, that I messed up? When I was a, a kid, my sister Michelle and I we went snooping for the gifts that my mom had bought for us. And we found them. Went snooping around the house, and we found the gifts that mom had bought. They were in this closet, and she hadn't wrapped them yet, so we saw what she bought. But she caught us. She caught us snooping. She caught us in the closet, and she was so mad. And I don't know if it was just anger or if it was probably a little bit of hurt, but she looked at both of us in the eye and she said to us, you ruined Christmas. How in the world do you redeem yourself from that charge? Ruined Christmas? This is why Christmas has such incredible news. This is why the birth of Jesus matters so much. Jesus came to this earth because redemption, if if redemption is up to you and me, then we're in trouble. If redemption is up to us, we are left without hope. Listen to these verses from Romans chapter three. Just how messed up are we? Romans chapter 3 tells us in verse 10 that there's no one who's righteous. There's not one of us, not one of us who can claim to be righteous or good. You go on to verse 23, it says that every one of us has sinned. We, we all, you, me, we have fallen short of God's glorious standard. We've messed up. We've said the wrong things. We've done the wrong things. We've thought the wrong things. And later on in chapter 6 of Romans, it tells us the penalty for that, the penalty for your sin and my sin, the wages or or, or what we deserve from that sin is eternal separation from God. That's what we deserve. That's not great news. That's a problem. If redemption, how, how do we get redeemed from this? If redemption is left up to us, we're in trouble. We would be without hope, but here's the good news of Christmas. This is the good news of of the birth of Jesus. Now, I'm going to read some verses to you from our digital notes. You can find those. If you're not normally here on on Sunday morning, we have digital notes that have all the verses on them. You can find them on our website at gracefellowship.online. I'm just going to read you rapid fire a few verses from God's Word about redemption, our desperate need for God's God's incredible redeeming grace. Listen to this. Romans 3.23 tells us our problem, our sin problem. But the next verse says, we are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice atonement through the shedding of his blood. This is where redeeming grace comes from. 
Listen to this one from Ephesians chapter 1. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, grace that he has lavished on us. Colossians chapter 1, he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of his son that he loves, in whom, in Jesus, we have redemption. We have the forgiveness of sins. One more, 1 Peter 1.18. You know, it's not with perishable things. It's not with gold. It's not with silver. We know from Ephesians chapter 2, it's not with good works. That we were redeemed. Well, how are we redeemed? We are redeemed through the blood of Jesus that he shed for us on the cross. When I read through verses like that, and there are other ones in God's word, when I read through those verses, I'm listening. Is, is it say anything in there about how we redeem ourselves? No, it does not. Redemption means being delivered from sin, delivered from spiritual death by the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross, by the power of his glorious resurrection. And when Jesus redeems us, he releases us from the guilt and the shame that come along with sin. He reconciles us back to God. He frees us from the curse of sin. He gives us the gift of eternal life. He gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit. All of this is wrapped up into this incredible gift of God's glorious grace, his redeeming grace. My oldest daughter, Hannah, is about to start her last semester before she begins her career in musical theater. Guess how many musicals I saw before my daughter Hannah was born. None, zero, that's not my thing. But now I watch musicals, that's part of who I am now, I watch musicals. And recently we, we watched this musical called Spirited. And just a quick disclaimer, I'm not endorsing or recommending it, it's, it's not uh, designed for small audiences. But Spirited is this expanded story from the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. And most people know that story that's been done in all kinds of different versions from Scrooge McDuck to whatever. The story of Scrooge and the three ghosts of past, present, and future. And this particular version of that classic story, Scrooge dies three weeks after he has his big change at the end of the story. And his eternal soul is tormented with this feeling that he didn't have enough time to make up for all the terrible things that he did while he was alive. He feels like he died before he could redeem himself. Again, it's not a Christian Bible-based musical, but there's this main song in the musical where Scrooge sings this song, and he asks a question in it that maybe you're asking. He asks the question in, in musical form. He, he says, am I forever unredeemable? Can I ever overcome all the wrongs I'm running from? Can my worst be left behind? And do I deserve to find there's a soul who could see any good in me? 
Or will I only ever be unredeemable? And I wonder if you've ever felt like that. I, I wonder if you're, as you're sitting here today, you're asking yourself the same question. Like the weight of being redeemed somehow rests solely on your shoulders, on your ability to be good enough to somehow outweigh the bad things that you've done. Do enough good things to balance out or weigh out the bad things that you've done? Wondering, how do I know if it's enough? How do I know if I've done enough to be considered redeemed? And who gets to tell me that? Who gets to decide that? Who, who declares that I'm redeemed? Is it you? Are there other people that somehow have the power, the authority to tell me I'm redeemed? Do I get to declare myself redeemed? See, if redemption's left up to us, we're in trouble. If redemption is left up, up to us, we are going to be without hope. And that's why Christmas matters. That's why the birth of Jesus matters, because Jesus actually can redeem us. Christmas matters because Jesus came to this earth, not just in the form of, uh, uh, not just as, as a baby, but he grew up with a single mission to die as a sacrificial payment for your sin, for my sin. And we accept this, this gift that Jesus paid for, this gift of redeeming grace. He paid for it in full with his own life, with his own blood, and we receive it by faith, believing that that gospel message is true, believing that he actually did die as a sacrificial payment for our sin, believing that he actually did raise from the dead, proving that the power of his resurrection conquers death, conquers sin. We believe this gospel message and we receive God's gift of redeeming grace by faith. You know, as, as we sing Silent Night together this morning, and we're going to do that by the glow of candlelight like we do every year. It's so important that you and I make sure that we take time in this service and throughout today, tomorrow, to just be grateful in our soul. To just have gratitude in our soul for Jesus that he was willing to leave the glory of heaven to come and pay this incredible price with his own life so that you and I could have the gift of redeeming grace. We need to have gratitude in our soul for what he's done for us. And maybe, maybe today will be the day, maybe today will be the day when you trust Jesus as your personal savior, as your forgiver of sin, that you believe in your heart that he really did die for you, that he loves you that much. And maybe today will be the day by faith you pray and, and, and repent of your sin and, and ask Jesus to, to forgive you and to give you his gift of redeeming grace. If we can be in a, a, of any help uh, as you take that step of faith this morning, come talk to one of our pastors. We'd love to talk with you after the service. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your love, your kindness, your grace, your redeeming grace in our lives. Lord, I pray that as we take time this morning to sing Silent Night, Lord, I pray it would be something more than just a tradition that we do every year, but it really would be an expression, a prayerful, heartfelt expression of gratitude for your redeeming grace. 
And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.